two, one. Welcome in Husker Extra Podcast. I'm Chris. There's Parker. There's Steve. We're back together again. It's been a couple weeks. I'm getting over a cold, so excuse my my very white bass voice here. Uh, we are one day shy of uh, open practice tomorrow. First practice, first uh, football competition in front of fans since 2019. Let's go. We'll talk about that later on. Um, we'll talk some hoops. We'll talk uh, the June 1st recruiting dead period ending and the floodgates opening we're going to talk some volleyball we're going to talk some baseball but first steve sipple first you have a question for parker uh regarding football regarding something he wrote yeah i'm going to ask him this question i I don't know what the question is so this you're putting me on the spot i just found it interesting i don't know if you always do this maybe you always do it and i just noticed it Today, um, this is going to be amazing. A couple stories like a for the Journal Star, so it's possible. It's not really amazing at all. In fact, I can't even. And somebody might even have changed it in your story. Them, you refer to the Huskers sometimes as the Corn Huskers. The Corn Huskers. That's what they're called, I right? I don't know. Bass, help me with this. Do you ever refer to them as the Corn Huskers, Bass? Rarely. Uh, maybe once or twice a year. Not often. I like it. I, I should probably that. do it more. I should probably yeah. do it more. I don't I do it often. Should. I think we should do it more. I just found it interesting that Parker, um, you know, who's, you know, a relative newbie compared to us, who, you know, we were born. The in young the boy. Dirt. He's a young boy compared to the uh, grizzled old man. Yeah. C- referred to it as the corn husker. <laughs> Can I, this, this is a, this is, we're starting off with a sort of niche conversation here, but that's fine. No, it's not um, a niche. People think about this stuff a lot. It's two. It's two pronged. It's intentional, but it's two pronged. Um, one is this is probably the lesser of the two influences, but my guy Jim Polzine, who works for the paper up in up in Madison, Lee Enterprises, sister operation, the Wisconsin State Journal. On first reference, all of the time he, he covered until right about now, uh, Wisconsin hoops. Now he's moving into their columnist role. He's the new Steve Sipple in Madison. He always, on first reference, writes the University of Wisconsin men's basketball team. Yeah, wow. which I just don't. I mean, it's sort of like <clears throat> a, it's a, it's like a almost like a principle thing, you know, that you you yeah. specify the whole thing, and so that's I think I've I appreciate that about him, sort of old school. But then also, I get I've got emails from several people over the you know the last like I guess it's started maybe like two years ago, who said like. Hey, you know, I know everyone calls them the Huskers, but they're like, I would appreciate it if you actually called them by their full name sometimes. Like nobody does that at all. So those two things, I just sort of tell myself like, okay, it's not, I don't fully do it as like a first reference, second reference thing, but I just try to work Cornhuskers in more often. I, I would say, I don't know if Baz would agree. I would push back on the notion it's a niche conversation. It's, it, people notice that more than you think around. Well, yeah, I, I think that's uh, that explains the emails Parker gets about it. Uh, yeah, pro- probably. Yeah, you know. Uh, so, so I've just, yeah, no, right. just been trying to I've just been trying to make sure to get Huskers, <laughs> and if not every story, then at least often. I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try and increase my use of it. I think this, is, this conversation has helped me to decide. I'm gonna increase my use of it. All right, Saturday, Saturday at I don't know what time do we go over there tomorrow? Two o'clock. Two fifteen. Two fifteen. Two fifteen. Gates open at one forty-five. Okay, we're going to Memorial Stadium. Memorial Stadium, that's where they play football. 
at the University of Nebraska. That's where the, the Cornhuskers, the University of Nebraska. That's where the Cornhuskers Corn play yeah. football. <laughs> Speaking of that, they just have Huskers in the end zone, don't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's Nebraska and Huskers. Yeah. It, and you could put Cornhuskers in there. You could. You'd have to squeeze a little, but you could do it. Yeah. Anyway, we're going to be in the stadium. We're in the stadium, in the stands. North there's going to be fans there. There's going to be fans in the stands. I don't know how many. Parker, do you have any idea of how many? I haven't asked for an update on how many of the 4,000 um, they, they've allocated, but I would think that if it's not all 4,000, I would think that it'll be a good a goodly number. It's, uh, I saw today they're they going to have walk-up sales tomorrow, so they haven't Ooh. sold them out yet. So Okay. Come on. They're not technically. Hey, hey, yeah. And if you're coming by tomorrow, come find me. I'm doing yeah. a story on fans coming back into the stadium. I'll uh, I'll probably tweet it out again tomorrow. But come come hang out with me for a couple minutes and give me your thoughts on getting back in the stadium again. We we say they're for sale, but they're not. They're, they're, not, they're not charging, right? No, they're free. Yeah, there's tickets available. There's tickets. Okay, available. what are you guys looking for? What's what's what are you interested in? It doesn't even have to be the players. Are, are, is there anything you're particularly interested in? How how much of it is going to get live tweeted by the seventy eight media members in the in the north end? <laughs> like how many of the plays? What percentage of the plays will be live tweeted tomorrow? That's what yeah. I want to know. Inside zone. It's inside zone. <laughs> it's inside zone. <laughs> Logan Smothers look good handing it off to the right. How's he going to look handing it off to the left? Oh, Jaber seven yards. Mm. That won't be Jay annoying Bur- at all. Nope. I'm going to do that. I think I'm just going to do every play. <laughs> People love it. You just wait. Just wait for me to tally up some uh, completion percentages, like seven on seven. Mm. Oh Martinez, God! Oh, Adrian, Mar- Adrian Martinez hit ninety-seven percent of his 10. passes today. Yep. Oh yeah, it's gonna happen. It's what you know. What I'm interested in, though. What what actually I'm interested in is that this is the first time in the Frost era that any of us will see a full practice. Um, it's just not something that has happened before. So it's unique in that way. It's something we've never seen before, sort of a wire to wire practice. Now it's a little different. I mean, they're in the stadium. So one of two things is going to happen either a, they're not quite as spread out as what they normally are over on the practice fields or B, which is perhaps just as likely, you know, there might be some specialists or the defensive line at some point or whatever. Like we might not see every player on the field the whole time. They might be, you know, over, back over in the facility or whatever, we're going to be in the stadium. So, but it's the most, it's easily the most of a practice we'll have ever seen um, being there for the whole time. So just that alone is sort of interesting. Um, It's been a pretty closely guarded operation in that, that regard more than some, although most schools at this point are pretty limited on what they let outsiders see. So even if it's, even if it's vanilla, like some people seem to think it's going to be. And even if they don't show a whole lot and whatever, all that, which Eric Nander was funny on that on Wednesday saying like, Oh, I don't care. Um, but regardless we're zone blitz in the whole time, baby. Yeah, exactly. Here it is. Exactly. We're, yeah. We're going to broadcast our signals. No, it won't, it won't be that obviously, but um, it, it'll be interesting just because we haven't seen uh, a practice before. And then there's a, t- I mean, so there's a ton of guys that are, you'll, you're sort of interested to see, interested to see Logan Smothers on the field for two and a half hours, you know, Heinrich Harburg on the field for two and a half hours, Gabe Irvin, Omar Manning, um, you know, Samari Terrain, Oliver Martin, Javen Wright, like the, you just, the list just goes on and on about guys who we just haven't really seen do much football stuff in particular um, at this school, at least. And, and they're going to be out there working. So yeah. I mean, there's a lot to, there's a lot to 
keep tabs on. A lot I'm interested to see. Yeah, it's, you know, listen, I mean, we try to be transparent as we possibly can. And we talk about, I mean, I, okay, I'll just say I. I talk about Logan Smothers like I've seen him play before. I've never seen him play. I mean, not against college competition. Right. I, I saw a snippet in a, I saw about nine minutes of him the other day, a couple of weeks ago in practice on that Wednesday where we just saw a limited amount. Um, but I act like I, like I, I find myself talking on radio shows and stuff with authority about players I've never even seen before. I mean, I wouldn't know Gabe Irvin if he walked in my office right now. Um, but, but, <laughs> well, you but probably I, would. You'd figure I, it out quickly, I think. Yeah. Well, I'd ask him, who, who the hell are you? What's your who name? Are, um, I'm Gabe Irvin. <laughs> but oh, but okay. that, yeah, but you see what I'm saying? Now we, yeah. So what I'm talking about is value. I mean, there's a lot of value tomorrow. To, to get your eyes on guys like Omar Manning, who we've never seen in this setting, you know, um, not catch. We didn't see him last week. So, but whenever that was, we went over there. So it, it's really valuable. I will say that. Yeah. And then I think it, there's, there's also, you sort of like, you start to link it together a little bit too, right? Like it's hard to, I'm going to, I'm going to write observations. What, what I saw, what I thought, all that sort of stuff I've practiced, but it always comes with the caveat of like, it's one practice in the middle of April, but it, this spring, the way it's trending is that we're going to see 30 minutes of a practice last week and then a full practice today and then a full spring game, you know, two weeks from tomorrow. And that gives you, that will be, be a bigger window into spring ball than what we've ever had before. So that not like we're going to be able to accurately tell you, oh, who all's starting on August 28th against Illinois, just because we saw one practice and then the spring game. But it is like you just get a little bit more of that insight into what coaches are talking about when they see when they say they've seen improvement from uh, the wide receiver group or when they think some young guys might be ready to try to jump into the rotation on the defensive line. These sorts of things that, you know, we don't have a lot of um, avenues to take what the coaches say, except for just to take them at face value most of the time, you know, because we don't see very much of what goes on uh, on a day-to-day -day basis. And so at least from that regard, even if you don't learn anything 100% categorical, it's, it's, it's really interesting insight. Baz? Gus is very excited about spring practice. I don't know if you can hear that squeaking in the background, yeah. but that's Gus. I thought that was their cold kicking up the first time. I was like, whoa. Yeah, that was my breathing issue. That was my sinus issues. No, it's um, I've been the same as you guys. Like it's it's the easy answer, but it's the obvious answer, right? Like it's it's seeing all the guys we haven't seen before. It's it's seeing Logan Smothers and Gabe Irvin and Omar Manning and and all those guys. We we know a lot of what we're going to get on defense, probably with the secondary, with the guys on the defensive line and, and things like that. But you want to see, it's it's like anything else, right? You want to see the shiny new toys, and so yeah, for me, it's just what. What's that going to look like? Will the receivers look that much, quote unquote, better, even though they're going against their own teammates? You know, what does Adrian look like? All those sorts of things. Yeah. So I know that's that, that's the easiest, obvi obvious answer, but I think that's that's the, the right answer in this case. Those, mm -hmm. are, those are the things that, that people are interested in. Yeah, I don't think you want to go over there in our role and make it more difficult than it is. Yeah. Um, you're going to see a practice, and there's players, like we, we had mentioned Samari Ture, but He's, right. a, he's a big piece of this puzzle that we've never really seen. So naturally, 
you're going to lock in on him. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's, it'll be, I don't know. Like I just, I guess the word I keep using and I'll continue to use is valuable. I think it's extremely valuable and I, and I appreciate it. I, I wish we could do it more, um, but you take what you can get um, and that'll be it. So we'll just go over there for a couple hours. I, there's no interview. It's not like we're going to be interviewing anybody. Um, it'll just be our kind of our takeaways and um, then we'll kind of go from there. Yeah. It's, there, there's some things like, I don't want to, I don't want to totally minimize it either. I mean, there's some things that, you know, like you just don't know, you know, you don't know what you're going to see, but uh, definitely there's things that would, would impress or, or concern or whatever. I mean, you know, like be very interesting if you go over there tomorrow and uh, Thomas Fedoni's all over the place and catches a bunch of balls and, you know, puts a guy in the ground blocking and all that. And, and simultaneously it'd be interesting if, it's the opposite. And he looks like he's, you know, swimming or lost a little bit or, you know, trying to figure it out and all that. And then if he just sort of is around, that's, you just take that for what it is. So there's, there's all sorts of interesting. And then I'm, I tend to be curious sort of just globally about uh, what it looks like in general, wire to wire, right? I mean, how do they structure practice? I mean, we heard at the beginning of spring that they start with special teams now and go forward from there. And so there's that sort of like wider picture too of, uh, you know, we, we've seen 30 minutes of practice, but it'd be kind of interesting just to watch Scott through a full practice, you know, does yeah. he bounce around a lot. Is he That's a good idea. You know, like all that sort of yeah. stuff, like that, that sort of is a little more zoomed out off of just the personnel stuff too. I, what, if, what if we find out that Frosty is just like screaming at guys for like two straight hours, like he's grabbing guys <laughs> by the face mask and like ripping them around and stuff. That'd be kind of hilarious. Yeah. Oh, you never. Well, the one thing I've learned covering this program, and you guys know as kind of veterans, you never quite know what you're gonna get. No. I mean, like you just never know when when there's that many people involved. There, there can be a fair amount of drama. I mean, like going over to a practice and and then the coach walks up afterwards and says, "Yeah, well, Harrison Beck isn't here, and we don't know where he is." Uh, <laughs> which I'll, I'll never forget. Excuse, because, excuse me? Yeah. The excuse question me, Bill? Was, so you don't, he's missing. <laughs> <laughs> like, like missing, missing? He's missing. He's a missing person is what well, we saying. don't know where he is. <laughs> so yeah, it's all about what I'm saying. You never quite know. So you got to be sort of mentally prepared for about anything. Right. But man, but hey, go no- back to Adrian. What, what have we heard? What have we heard? Better Faster, arm, better arm, healthy, um, yeah. trim or leaner. Looks like a four-four guy. Yeah. So, so let's see what that looks like. Just yeah. that. Don't overthink. What if he it. looks like a dude tomorrow. Like, you don't want to take too much out of it, but you'd be like <laughs> Garrett Nelson crazy. driving the hype train through the brick wall. <laughs> Pass. I'm. I'm really surprised you're not feeling well since you work 14 hours a day and have an infant in your house. Yeah, uh, I, I, I cover three sports and I'm raising a three a young child. Yeah. It's shocking that I'm not shocking that you're not health. that you're wearing down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You get, at least I look good. Yeah. You definitely look good. Yeah. Um, I, so defensively there's fewer question marks. So we don't even, it seems like we don't even really talk about that side very much. Right. There's, 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 been, a, there's been very little talk about the defense. It's, there's right. been like a surprising lack of talk about the defense. It feels right. Like. I mean, there's a, there's a position battle at one of the corners. Um, that's interesting is 
and that and that's something to watch tomorrow. Hey, now I don't know about you guys. My take so far is that it sounds like Newsom, Quentin Newsom, has the inside track to that starting job. That's what it sounds like to me. Like Parker, you sent me that quote yesterday from Eric Chenander. Yeah, I thought Chenander really made it sound like Newsom is the guy to beat. Yeah. Am I putting words in his mouth too much? Oh, maybe a little. I mean, I, I asked him about Newsom, but then then also the cornerback job. So that that could be why he sort of started with with Newsom in that regard. But he's got the most experience. Um, he's been involved. This will you know he's three seasons in, involved. I think so. To me, like I think he's got this. Will, this will be his third season. It's interesting because if Brett, when Braxton Clark is healthy. He's really formidable because he's 6'4 and 210 pounds. He's just a huge kid. And he started that game against Purdue in 2019. He started over Newsom, I think, in that game. Uh, Newsom was a true freshman. Braxton Clark's a year older. So that's part of it. Newsom's had a lot of time to work since then. And then to Dab Joseph, they love his physical skill set. Um, you know, Eric Chenander in talking about Nadab Joseph uh, the other day said, you know, potential is a really scary word, um, mm-hmm. but that he's got all the potential in the world. He's an, he's a, I mean, his coach, when he committed, called him a freak athlete and there's nothing that to suggest otherwise. I mean, he's a four, four type guy, 40 inch vertical, all that. So, um, you know, he, he's a sort of wild card, I guess you would say in that conversation, just because he hasn't been in the program nearly as long as, as Newsom and Braxton Clark. But if you were to tell me that on August 5th, Travis Fisher still had a decision to make between Quentin Newsom and Braxton Clark, I, I would buy that. I mean, I think they're both players that the staff trusts, but one of them is going to win the job and one of them's not, you know, um, uh, and it, it could, it could be Joseph or even Tame and Lynham, but I would think that the yeah, Tame and Lynham. Yeah. Tame and Lynham. I don't, I think, Chenander did not mention that name the other day, but that's one definitely that is in that. He's in the picture and they like him. He's just younger. He's younger than those other guys. And they like Marquise Buford too, who's actually, I mean, Buford's been in the program the least amount of time of all of them, but he's as old as Tame and Lina because he did the postgraduate year in Connecticut. So he's sort of got the year of experience, but he's hurt. He had some sort of procedure. We don't know exactly what, but he's one of the guys that Frost listed as being out for the spring. So he kind of, I mean, I don't want to sit here on April 16th and say the guy's destined for a redshirt year or anything like that. But I mean, he's obviously, he's the newest one to campus. He's not practicing the spring. So um, that he's just as at the very beginning of his career. So yeah, if it was, if it was Newsom and, and, uh, and Clark for that spot, I think that would, that wouldn't surprise me. And those are two guys who are fun to watch play. They're both long players. They can run. Um, and so that, that's another one to keep an eye on tomorrow. Uh, on defense, uh, I don't know that. Is there anybody else besides someone like Chris Kolarovich that you would lock in on just to see where where he's at in the what he looks like compared to the other guys at inside linebacker? He's one, and then Javen Wright, I think, is going to be really interesting, especially because Chenander talked on Wednesday about JoJo Doman being beat up a little bit beat up um, this spring and. They're just being careful with him because they can be. They know what kind of player he is and all that. So uh, he said they were hoping to have Doman full go for the last two weeks here of, of spring ball. But if JoJo's limited in any way um, tomorrow, I think, you know, I saw that, that that Wednesday when we were there last week, there was a number one uh, defensive back seven out there that had Javen Wright 
um, with, oh, with uh, Luke Reimer and Nick Henrich and Garrett Nelson, and then the starting secondary behind him, uh, just in a walkthrough. So to see him play that, um, that uh, you know, Will spot or the nickel, um, that, that would be, I'm very interested in that because he's a guy who, he's 6'4 and 210 or 215 pounds. I mean, he, he's getting to the point where if those are legit measurements, I mean, you're talking about near the size of a prototypical outside linebacker in a 3-4 at that point. Yeah, he, he's definitely captured imagination of the media. Uh, as far as the special teams goes, that kicker from Louisiana now has been, we don't know, he has been hurt. Um, yeah. The Connor Colt. Culp, the Big Ten kicker of the year. Yeah. yeah that, that, sorry. I forgot Connor. his name too the other day, Sip, like live on the radio. They're like, <laughs> what about uh, what about the kicking situation? I was like, oh, they got that guy that was really good last year. <laughs> <laughs> the kicker, just say the kicker from Louisiana. Now. The kicker from Louisiana, the Cajun kicker. He's from yeah. Arizona, but he went to college in yeah, well, he was – yeah, so he he resided in Louisiana. Um, and he picked up that accent, it seems like, by the way. Um, and then we'll get, a, we'll get a look at Daniel Churney. Yeah. You know, the, the, the Aussie punter. And God, haven't we been waiting for that? Haven't we? <laughs> like, well, we joke, like, but yeah. He's pretty old. Is he 24 or 25 he's years old? 37 eight? years old. He's pretty I don't – I don't think he's that old. Parker, I think he's in his mid-20s. He's in his mid-20s? Yeah, check his birth date out. You're a, it's public. Do you, do you like age faster if you're from the Southern Hemisphere? <laughs> I don't know. Clock turns the other uh, way or whatever? Yeah, yeah we got, hey, I don't think good, he's 25 years old. Maybe could he, he is. Tw- I, I could, could he be could 23? He, this would be, you would have definitely taught me something if that's the case. Let's birthday. See. Looking to see if it's on his bio on Huskers.com. D-O-B. His D-O-B is not on there. Oh. They they purposely kept it off. They did. They know how old he is. They don't want us to know. (laughs) They don't want us to know. That's a sure sign that he's old. That's a sure sign he's old. It's interesting. I'm also buying a birth certificate right now. He's the first Australian native to play for Nebraska since 1994. And I thought when I saw 1994, I was like, no way. Cause that would make him, my brother was born in 1994. I think he's 26 at this point. So <laughs> that's just, that was just the last time an Australian played. All right. So that's, that covers Saturday. There's a lot now Parker and, and Baz, there's a lot, there's going to be a lot going on in Nebraska football recruiting upcoming a lot. Um, well, not just, not just football recruiting, basketball recruiting. Too, yeah. Is that right? Baz? Volleyball. Well, yeah. The recruiting period to the dead period ends June first. You can start having visitors back on campus, and okay, you, if oh. you don't think it's just going to be the football team, I mean, that's, I hear that's you. every sport. I hear you. I'm with you. Um, football football gets covered a little bit more. Well, not, I mean, basketball I guess does too. Um, football, you'll have a minimum of what ten visitors in the first couple weeks of June. Parker. Yeah, they've got they've got ten already set up for June. One, one of them's middle of the month, and one of them's later in June. But yeah, um, I mean, and, and that's not just like that's the that's when the official visits will kick up, but it's really picking up already. I mean, Ernest Hausman, who's already committed, the linebacker from Columbus, is going said he was going to be at the open practice tomorrow. Be interested to see if there's any other recruits. There's pretty short notice for anybody from like a long way away to show up. 
but they're definitely expecting similarly um, a bunch of guys in town for the spring game on May 1st. Now they can't like, they can't be on the sideline. They can't even like, they can't talk to the coaches or see the facilities or anything, but they can be, as long as you can buy a ticket, they can be at the game just like anyone else. So I'm guessing there'll be a little bit of a coordinated effort from like, for example, Ernest Hausman and, um, oh, I mean, other guys who, you know, Ernest Hausman will probably spearhead it. Um, and then um, like Ben Bramer from Pierce, who's committed for the 2023 class, like those guys will probably try to find some of the other recruits and, you know, show them around campus or whatever. But yeah, th- then it really starts in earnest on uh, in June. Nebraska's got eight guys already. Um, who have said they're taking official visits that first weekend of, of June. Um, and then, like you said, simple two more already set up for later in the month. And I mean, that number has gone up each of the past couple of days as guys tweet out graphics and stuff. So um, I just talked like literally right before we were on the podcast with uh, Justin Williams, who's a running back from Georgia. Oh, you did? Yeah. The, the four um, star. Yeah. Yeah. Four star running back from Georgia. Um, and he, you know, so he, he said like, it's, it's, it's going to be really nice. He's, he's like, you know, I've been said he's been on one college campus in his entire life. So he's like, it just, I'm just looking forward to getting away from, you know, away from home a little bit and seeing schools that are further away and seeing what they're all about. Nebraska has been recruiting him since uh, last fall. He like missed his entire sophomore year, broke his foot, but had a huge junior year. Um, and so he's been recruited by Brian held and, and Scott Frost and Barrett rude primarily. And, um, so, yeah, it's just going to be a lot of that over the next few weeks, guys lining up visits. Uh, I wouldn't – I mean, they've got 10 already. I wouldn't be surprised if it's, you know, 20, 25, uh, you know, over the course of the month of June before it's all said and done. So Yeah, that one – that, that guy's name is Justin Williams? Justin Williams, yeah. Yeah, there was some immediate confusion in my mind on Justin Williams, Baz, because he's from Dallas, Georgia. So I thought, oh, here's a I, – I initially read it and I thought, okay, here's a four-star running back from Dallas – then this is how long I've been around. I was reading Parker's story and, and he named the high school. And I'm like, that, that ain't, that's not a high school in Dallas. Um, I've been covering this beat so long that I can recognize when there's a high school name. That's no way that's in Dallas. I've never heard of it. I've, I've surely heard of most of the powerful Dallas high schools. Dallas, Georgia. Dallas, Georgia. Dallas, Georgia. What's the name of the high school, Sip? Uh, it starts with a P, Pembry Oak or something like that. What is it, Parker? Not Pembry Oak. It's East Paulding. Yeah, something like that. Um, <laughs> East Paulding. Not in Dallas. Not in Dallas. Also in right, Dallas, so, not in Texas. So Fred's got two scholarships in his back pocket, right? Correct. As of today, he has two scholarships. And we say, as of today, change um and, and fred said it yesterday when he met with the media it's he said we're always looking to improve our roster and we'll do anything we can to to do that and whether that if, if that means they're going to fill every scholarship maybe if it means they're going to hold a couple back and have a couple in their back pocket for 2022 that's what it'll be but these guys never stop looking man and, and it's a it's a two right now it, that number could change potentially going lower or higher, depending on what happens over the next few weeks. Um, yeah, it's, it's kind of all up in the air. They, they signed uh, their recruiting class uh, just recently, C.J. Wilcher, Oleg Koyanitz, 
uh, signed during the, the early signing period or during the spring signing period here. That runs through August 1st this year. So there's a little more time for guys to decide and figure out where they want to go. So yeah, don't, don't think Nebraska's done by any means. Um, if they find a piece that they like, and whether that's a guard, whether that's a wing, whatever that may be, they're always looking and recruiting never stops for basketball. So it's, it's quiet right now. That doesn't mean it's going to stay quiet. By any means. Fred, Fred sort of raised eyebrows yesterday on your zoom. Um, when he said the standing pad at point guard with, I guess, Delano Banton and Trey McGowan's a, and you'd say Kobe Webster, and maybe even a little Bryden, Wilhelm Breidenbach, the incoming freshman. Were you surprised by that Baz? Not really. Um, because I think it's more, this is how Fred wants to play. It's more positionless basketball. Um, it, it can be it, it can be Trey McGowan's bringing it up. It can be Delano bringing it up. We saw Trey McGowan's. I thought he really got better at the end of the year last year uh, playing on the ball. Um, we'll see what Wilhelm Breidenbach brings to the table as a 6'9 freshman. Uh, how much will he actually handle the ball? Who knows? But if he can do it, he'll get a shot. I think this staff feels like Delano Banton, was really hurt by the shutdown, the COVID-19 shutdown, and kind of took a step back because they really liked where he was at uh, early in the year. So I feel like they can get him back up to speed a little bit and get him playing at a little bit higher level. So I think they feel good enough at that position. Do they have a guy that's, like, going to go play in the NBA? Not necessarily. But they, they've got guys that that can do what they need them to do and, and can, can run the offense, can be that guy on defense that's guarding the other team's lead guard. Um they have some pieces they like, and you mentioned them. And you, in those three guys, you have three guys that have been the system now for a couple of years too. And that makes a big difference, uh, especially a point guard. So, <laughs> excuse me. It doesn't surprise me that they stood pat just because I feel, I, th- I feel like they think they have something with those three guys that you mentioned. Um, could that pass? He, now he says they're not looking for a, I mean, could that change? I mean, if yeah. there's a point guard in a portal that exp- how many guys are in the portal? 1,300 guys? Almost 1,400 t- today, yeah. And, and, and it's like I just said, the recruiting never stops, right? Just because they don't have one today doesn't mean they'll have one, they won't have one two weeks from now. You know, if there's somebody they really like and they think can come in and help them and can come in and play right away, you're going to take them. I mean, you just are. That's just the way this this coaching staff operates. So it's it's not a it, – I, I, it's, I've talked about this before. I think in a little – in a way, you kind of have to get this, this notion of, well, they need a – a one and they need a two and they need a three. You, ha- you kind of have to get that out of your head a little bit. It, it that stuff doesn't matter as much to Fred. Um, would it be nice to have a guy, you know, like a Jamal Murray or who's with the nuggets now or, or somebody like that? Well, of course it would, but that doesn't mean they're, they're going to say, well, we just, we have no chance if we don't have that guy. Right. They, they've got guys that they like. And if, if they feel good about those guys over the next few weeks, great. If somebody pops up in the portal that, Fred or Matt Abdel-Massey thinks can can challenge those guys or, or play above those guys and run the offense, then they'll go look at them and try and bring them in. So, yeah, it, it it never stops. Like I said, just because they don't have somebody now doesn't mean they won't go find somebody a week or two weeks from now. Um, what else? What else from Fred? I mean, they, he, he took in stride the transfer rule change, which you would expect yeah, because he's always operated that way. Yeah, yeah. Right. Not a surprise there. Um, he, he, mentioned, he mentioned the sort of uh, that a couple of guys on the roster were still sort of like in decision mode, right? About trying to figure out what they were going to do, like this offseason going into next year. 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, Thor Thorbjarnarsson, of course, and Shamil Stevenson. We're still waiting on decisions from those guys, and it, it doesn't sound like they're, that Nebraska is going to rush them uh, in any way, and they don't need to because those scholarships don't count. Um, well, Thor's anyway doesn't count towards next year. So Thor's actually back home in Iceland right now, kind of weighing his options. And I think that goes back to what we just talked about. A lot of what Thor's going to decide will probably depend on what happened with Nebraska's what happens with Nebraska's roster over the next few weeks. If they add another wing, that another you know small forward, two guard type, Thor might see the writing on the wall a little bit and say, you know what, it's time to go make my money and go go play in Iceland or whatever it may be, play overseas somewhere. If they don't add that piece and, and Thor feels like there's a chance for him to come back and, and play some minutes on a team that that should be improved and should have a chance to finish top half of the Big Ten, he might come back. You, you just never know. I think that's a – Thor's a smart guy. Um, Thor's a guy that if he wanted to come back and get a master's degree, he could certainly do it. Um, Shamil, we, we just don't know. I, I think it's kind of the same boat. He's just trying to take his time and, and figure out what he wants to do, uh, what's best for him. So – yeah, there's, there's going to be no rush for those guys. And now that doesn't mean they won't decide or we won't find out here in the next week or two. We, we, we very well could. At the same time, you know, summer workouts don't start until June, uh, about the middle of June or so. So they, there's, there's plenty of time for those guys to decide what they want to do, decide if they want to move on or decide they want to stay. Yeah, I suppose we could do a whole separate podcast on the, the rule change that now transfers are immediately eligible, no penalty. Uh, <laughs> in basketball, men's and women's basketball, football, baseball, and I, I, men's, I, my, men's ice hockey. But I think people get the gist of that conversation. Um, yeah, yeah I, it's, I mean, sometimes people forget in this conversation that every other sport, NCAA sanctioned sport, already had this rule in place. It's just, you know, the most prominent ones, obviously, football and, and hoops and, you know, hockey to a lesser extent, but you know, that that's, um, this is those sports sort of matching what it's a whole new world. Don't get me wrong for, for football and for, for hoops. And, but with the pandemic, I mean, it's waivers pretty much went out like candy last year. Um, so it's a, it's a change that's been expected for a long time. Actually it was going to happen in January and then they delayed it along with the NIL stuff. So, um, yeah, it's a long time coming frost. I express like said, um, on Monday, like, yeah, it's fair for the kids to be able to do that. And at the same time, like it is going to, you see what, like we were talking about the numbers in the portal, like it's already crazy and probably going to get crazier before it, you know, normalizes over the next few years. Yeah, for sure. I think that's what you'll see is it'll be pretty volatile, obviously this year, next year, maybe two years from now, but water finds its level, right? Like eventually this will, this will settle down. I think you'll see the numbers drop or at least normalize and level off a little bit. And it won't be quite the, quite the, I guess, zoo it is right now. So it's, it's a matter you've got to work through. It's like anything else. You just have to work through some growing pains with, with this rule until it kind of just, until it kind of levels itself out. Uh, in the baseball world, Baz, you're covering the first place team in the big 10. Um, that? Yeah. Nebraska. Now they go to Penn state um, to play this weekend. In fact, Nebraska on the road, the next two weekends, what do you force? What what is your what do you foresee this weekend? It's kind of an important stretch. You're you're at Penn State this weekend. You're at Michigan State next weekend, and then you've got Rutgers at home uh, the week after that. That's three teams you should take care of business against. To be quite frank, if you're the first place team in the Big Ten and you have designs on on winning a league title, now does that mean Nebraska is going to go nine and zero? Of course not. It's baseball. Funny stuff happens. 
But I think it's going to be a disappointment for Nebraska if they win fewer than seven of these games uh, because these are these are teams you should beat, right? Like you're in first place in the conference. Will Bolt's talked about that. They haven't shied away from the fact that we put in a bid to host a regional. We were play, We feel like we're playing well enough that we could host a regional. Well, now go prove it, you know, and Nebraska's played well. They've won 10 out of 12, and they keep winning series, and, and winning series is good. But what what gets people's attention is sweeping series, and when, and especially this year when it, when it comes down to, you know, NCAA tournament bids and things like that. This is – you know, this could be a stretch for Nebraska where if they sweep a couple of these teams or if they, if they find a way to sweep all three, that, that could be key. Even though you're playing lesser opponents, if you win nine straight here, I'm not saying that's going to happen, but if you do, conversation shifts quite a bit, I think. And it really sets you up for that last month because look at that last month. You've got Michigan, you've got Indiana, you've got a couple left against Ohio State. You know, you, you've got the kind of the top half, the cream of the conference outside of yourselves waiting uh, in May. So, it's an important stretch because you can't, you don't want to lose a lot of these games, but it's an important stretch because you want to win a lot of these games and keep your momentum going. And Nebraska feels like they have the team that can win this conference. Now you got to go do it against a Penn state team that I think you're 11 and two against all time uh, in the big 10 Michigan state team. You've had success against Rutgers. Same thing. You, you've got to take care of business and it starts uh, today and up in state college. The question Baz, that everybody will wonder and, and they should wonder is if does Nebraska have the starting pitching and the pitching in general to be that sort of team to host a regional for the first time since 08 and win that regional? Do they have that type of, do they have that level of starting pitching? Well, that's the question. I think they've got a Friday night guy in Kate Povich and, and he's proved he's pretty good. So it's, what are you going to get out of those other two? Shea Shannon has been lights out at times and he's really struggled at times, you know, uh, Chance Roach, the the son, the Saturday starter, has is a sinker ball guy who hasn't been getting the ball down the last couple of weeks, and, and that that needs to get better. I like Nebraska's bullpen; they've got guys there that that can shut you down, and they've got depth there. You know, their closer throws ninety eight, and is all oh, by the way is an all conference shortstop too. You know, like they've they've got a guy that can lock down a game for you, and they've got guys that can eat innings, whether that's a Jake Bonds or a Cody Frank or or some of those other guys, uh, a Max Schreiber, they've got some guys there that they can use. So I feel more confident about Nebraska's bullpen than I do about their starting pitching, but I don't know if the starting pitching is far off. If, if it, if it gets a little better outside of Poach, if Chance Roach and, and Shea Shannon kind of take that next step and be more consistent, then yeah, Nebraska's going to be right there. And then of course, that's what you need, you know, when you get the tournament time. Yeah. You're talking about star power. You referred to the, the guy who throws 98 out of the pin, that's Spencer Schwellenbach, who's also a great shortstop. That's star power. He's a – he would have played – yeah, he would have played in the Van Horn era, right? Yeah. And it, it's funny, Will Bolt flat out said, enjoy him this year because he's not coming back next year. Like, like he's going to go pro. He's going to get drafted. He's probably going to get drafted pretty highly because he's just a – He's a special talent. He is. He, he's one of those guys that makes it look really easy. You kind of take for granted, you know, what he does in the field at shortstop, playing a really hard position and making it look easy. And it's that's how you tell this. That's the sign of somebody that's great, right? They make the hard stuff look easy. And, and Spencer yep. does that. And it's hard to come in, take the mound after you've been playing shortstop all game and come in there and just start pumping gas 98, 99 miles an hour in a high leverage situation when, you're, when your team needs you to shut another team down. So, yeah, he's a special guy. Yeah, he's as good a player 
all around as Nebraska's had in a lot of years. And that's the other part of this, right? You've, you've got to have guys like that. If you want to make a run in a regional, if you want to host a regional, you've got to have that guy that when you take the field, you know you've got the best guy, whether whether it's on defense, whether it's at the plate, whatever it may be, you, you've got to know you have the best guy. And more times than not, Nebraska's going to have the best guy out there because Spencer Schwanbach's special. I mean, he's just a special player. Yeah, how about that, Bass? How about Think about that? it. And state state college, you know, what would it be 45 degrees up there and he's throwing 98? Oh. I'm sure. How pleasant, how pleasant would that be at the plate? It, and on the hands, 98 and an aluminum <laughs> bat, cold and rainy. There you go. <laughs> that would be wonderful. I just I just like stand up there just like with the bat on my shoulder and not move. <laughs> just take my well, three pitches. The strategy would be to swing at every pitch, no matter what, and get yeah. out. Yeah, as quickly get me back in the dugout as quickly yeah. as possible. I don't care where the ball is; I'm swinging at it. I'm swing. I'm swinging the exact same spot every time. My luck, though, I'd make contact. I'd have to run. Like, <laughs> are they playing? Penn, are they playing Penn State, Sipla, or are they playing the Croatian national team? <laughs> yeah, don't get me started on that. Um, I don't want to hurt anybody's recruiting, um, but that oh. yeah, they're. <laughs> <laughs> well, they got to get yes, the, that, that vaunted Penn State, Penn State doesn't really have any. Yeah. <laughs> All right. But, volleyball, volleyball, volleyball really quick. Beat Texas State easily as expected. Now we'll play it. has a tougher opponent in Baylor on Sunday at 130 on ESPNU. I hope I have that time right. You do. Yep. Okay. Yeah. So that's that match will be a little tougher. I, you know, Brent. Wagner's our beat writer. He referred, it was interesting. He kind of made passing reference to an injury that um, Stiv, Lauren Stivrens has been battling, which is, I guess, something to watch. She, John Cook rested her in the third game yesterday. Um, that would be something to watch because Baylor does have an All-American hitter. Um, and I'm sure John had that on his mind when he took Stivrens out of the match early. Well, or, excuse Lauren, me, there's one. in the third set, in the third yeah. set. And Lawrence Stevens are one of the best players in the country. For, forget the matchups. Like, we just talked with Spencer Schwellenbach, like you've got the best player on the field. Well, what do you have with Lawrence Stevens? You might have the best player on the court uh, mo- most nights. So there's there's the matchup things, sure, uh, how you're going to match up with your opponent. But you're also taking one of the best players on the country off the court, too. So if you're Nebraska, you need her healthy. You need her as fresh as she can be. And, and obviously, it's the NCAA tournament. And – you find a way to play through a lot of those things and get through a lot of those things when you're trying to win a national title, especially Lauren Stevens, who this might be the last go around for her and her last shot. So you, you get it. And you just hope for her sake, for Nebraska's sake, that she's able to kind of battle through it and stay healthy enough to, to be able to contribute at a high level over these next, this next week or so. Can I, can I read you another interesting set couple sentences from Brent's story just you after can. the Stevens injury, which I was going to bring up. This is a, this is what this is Brent writing with, a quote from John Cook. The first three rounds are being played in the massive convention center where four mini arenas were set up. There were a few times during Nebraska's match when the ball hit the ceiling and debris had to be cleaned up. <laughs> that hey, and, let's let's, let's clarify said, that though. That happens in volleyball. I mean it the ball will hit the will will hit the scoreboard at Devaney sometimes. It's still in play. It's not all that abnormal. Then do they clean they clean up debris on the floor? I've seen it. I covered volleyball. It happens. I mean, it's not. And the, it could I know covered volleyball thirty years ago. There, a lot of people are making a big deal the horrifying ex, experience at at the 
health center up there. But well, I, Cook, what you Cook did, Parker, you, you got him exactly going. simple. Cook, Cook goes right to the heart of what you said. Exactly. It's not that out of place when he says, quote, just some little things that you wouldn't see in a real arena, a Creighton <laughs> Omaha Lincoln. Well, I mean, I've seen it. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I'll I, take care of over John Cook. So that's probably, that's probably good. <laughs> yeah. I get it. I get it. Everybody's got their little issues now. And if oh, you don't boy. voice Parker it. got dad going. Parker just had to flip the switch, didn't he? Your son, your insolent son is getting you fired up. I know. Everybody's got some issue. They got a voice. Oh, and if boy. you don't. I got some issues. Go. I got a voice with you people. <laughs> I got a lot right, of problems. Baylor at 130. Baylor at 130. Yep. There you go. That's it. Is that I, think, it? I think we covered I think I think cover, yeah, a I think lot we, of ground. Yeah, that was, that was a meaty podcast. <laughs> just a, and next Bass, week, I just, oh, Bass, Bass, I got it. I got something for you. Give it to Robitussin. me. Robitussin. Oh yeah. I went and bought, I went and bought some Tussin today. I'm going to, I'm going to get on that as soon as I get off the podcast. If you drop something on your foot in a garage, I think Robitussin's the answer. I mean, I'm, I'm about to hammer some Robitussin and turn on Nebraska Penn State baseball. You'll feel way afternoon. better. You'll feel way better. I, it's going to be like an acid trip, I feel like. Uh, watching God, just take the daytime. Take BT the live, hopped up on some Robitussin. I've been in a bad way and just did that daytime-nighttime combo and got through incredible problems. Oh, yeah. <laughs> incredible, incredible, what's the word I'm looking for, adversity. You were able to overcome yeah. it with yeah. a little Robitussin. Yeah. I got the flu a couple gonna... of years ago, and one of the enduring memories I have from it is having like a huge fever and laying on the couch in my apartment. That, and it was like it was like late February or early March 2019, I guess it would have been. And there was a Nebraska hoops game on, and it was like a fever dream watching it. Awesome. While, like sweating it out on the couch. Yeah. It was yeah, like very that's pretty much every Nebraska basketball game. Yeah, Parker, I was deal. like, this is how it should be all the time, except for that it was also <laughs> mildly concerning. Yeah, that's how it is a lot of the time for some people. I feel like I'm going to take this Robitussin. It's going to be like a 14 to 12 game that takes four and a half hours. Like I'm not. You'll be riding like Jerry Garcia. It'll be. Oh yeah, I'll be. I'll be like. uh, I'll be like. uh, I'll be like Grantland Rice writing this story. (laughs) Yeah, it's going to be like. It's going to be like a Hunter S. Thompson special. (laughs) Under a slate gray sky at Medlar Park and University Park. Don't use any quotes. Just no, all your zero quotes. It's going to be a 700 word story with zero quotes. Hunter S. Thompson, you turn in like 17 pages. Yeah. Here it is. Here's the story. And on deadline. Good luck, Somehow. Tim. Yeah. There you go, fellas. All right, all dudes. Right. I got to go, go hammer this robot test to get ready for baseball. So we should probably end this thing. Uh, hammer it. it. We're going to hammer Appreciate everybody tuning in. We'll talk Peace. to you next week.